Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Growing in Grace, I'm Joel Berizaki along with Mike Kapler, the Cap, and it's our weekly chat about being encouraged in the grace of God and uh, and all of that God has provided for us through his son Jesus Christ you know there it's it's a never ending exploration here in this life of of God's grace and of his love uh, so you know we've been doing this for 4 years and and this never gets old and just because God is so big and far and deep and wide uh, that you know we're never going to fully explore him, uh, but we're just going to keep on um, talking this Christian life out with each other and hopefully encouraging each other along the way. How you doing this week, Mike? Doing good, Joel. And, and you make an interesting point that it doesn't get old. And I can remember before coming into an understanding about faith righteousness that uh, I, I, there were just so many ups and downs, and you'd come and you'd go and you'd get frustrated and you felt like you couldn't get to where you wanted to be and you wondered where you stood with God and all these different things. I I don't even have to worry about any of that anymore. It truly is blessed assurance and uh, I'm just excited about it. I can't get enough of this. I could sit down and talk about this every day, probably all day, and and I'm just so anxious to learn more about it and, and to receive more of uh, more of an understanding of, of what God has already done for me through Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, like you know, you and I have both talked about how our past life in legalism was is somewhat of a roller coaster ride, up and down, and twists and turns. And yeah, like you say, never just knowing where you stand. I heard uh, someone recently describe their former life in legalism as kind of like uh, if it were to be charted out, it would like it would look like the teeth on a saw blade. You know, you kind of up and down and up and down, just uh, you know, very inconsistent, just. Uh, just up and down, up and down, never really knowing uh, where where you stand, where you're going, where you're coming from, and, and all this stuff. And so uh, just having that constant reassurance, like you say, the blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, and, and we are his, just knowing that it's not about us. It's not about any work that, that we've done to get ourselves right with God, because that's a big part of it right there, I think, for a lot of people, just thinking that, Man, okay, they've come so far in their Christian life, and and they think that now it's it's up to them to maintain this thing. It's up to them to kind of keep things going. Whereas God has said, "Here, Jesus' work on the cross. Jesus said it is finished. It's done. All the work is done. Now you just need to rest in in that blessed assurance that we're His and He's ours." Yeah, and 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 the work that now comes out of you is because you're resting in Christ, His life in you, working through you, and so it's not really about us, which is what we want to talk about today. You know, the the way the way that we've learned about God, the way that we interpret the the Bible, the way that we relate to God, uh, so much of it, so much of our understanding about the Scripture is is skewed in a way that. We've made this about us and not about him. And and, uh, so many misunderstandings when we even uh, read through the Scripture that we've we've placed, like what you were just talking about, Joel, we've placed the responsibility back on ourselves to somehow keep this covenant, this relationship that we have with God, to keep it intact. It's our responsibility. And uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, you talk about this this thing being a New Testament 
It's a new covenant. This covenant it wasn't a covenant that God made with man. <laughs> I mean, you know, every covenant that God ever made with man, man didn't keep. God was faithful, and God is always faithful to do his part, so to speak. Uh, it's a, he's always faithful. He'll keep the covenants that he makes. But the problem has always been with man. Man is not a covenant keeper by nature. Just just the nature that uh, that he received when he was born in Adam. It's a nature that doesn't receive, that doesn't keep covenants. That he might try, he might try hard, he might look pretty respectable in doing so, but in the end, he always falls short. And so, this covenant uh, that God made, he did his full part, and he did one hundred percent of the work. It was a covenant between God the Father and and God the Son, and. When when you have a testament, uh, and the you know we're the beneficiaries of the testament, and so it's not as if as beneficiaries, if you're a beneficiary of covenant, it's not like you do any work to receive the benefits of that of that testament or of that covenant. It's whoever did whoever drew up the testament, whoever drew up that will, whoever drew up that thing, he's the one that provides everything, and the beneficiaries simply receive what someone else has worked for. And so in this life in Christ, it's not about us. We're the ones who receive the benefits of it. God did all the work. He did do all the work. And and I think that's the point, the, the covenant being set up with Jesus, not with us. And that's a covenant that, that hasn't, nor will it ever fail. Um, but let's take a look at a, a few passages of Scripture where sometimes we do put the emphasis on us because we haven't really understood what this what this gospel has provided for us through Jesus Christ, and that He indeed has has done all the work. Um, I don't know which one you want to start with, Joel. I know we've talked about several. Maybe uh, the pearl of great price. There's a parable that is uh, often, I think, uh, perhaps misinterpreted. I know there, there could be a couple of different interpretations uh, based on how you look at the the scripture, but it's, it's a parable in, in Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus um, we often refer to it as the pearl of great price. Yeah, and I've heard this thing all throughout my Christian life and uh, all throughout that time. It was always, well, let's just talk about it. It says, um, it's uh, one place you can find it, uh, the, uh, Matthew 13, 45 and 46, uh, Jesus says, talking about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeing, uh, looking for got, uh, goodly pearls, and when he had found one of great price, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. Now, I figure uh, the way that people have always heard this, and, and maybe the way you've heard it too, uh, Cap, is that, uh, well, the kingdom. It's, it's, a, it's a precious kingdom. And so uh, we are the people who are looking for this, this pearl of great price. And, oh, man, we found it. We found Jesus. We found this great pearl of great price. And so we, we sell all that we have so that we can have Jesus. Uh, that's how I've always heard it taught. <laughs> and... Uh, but when you think about it, you know, Mike, uh, what, what's your thoughts about how maybe that's perhaps a little bit um, taken the wrong way? Well, the, the inconsistency, and, and this it was inconsistencies in our religious belief system in evangelical Christianity that got me uh, moving toward uh, the Grace Walk teaching, Joel. I didn't even know about Grace Walk teaching, but I knew some of the inconsistencies that we had in our religious system. I'm not talking about my faith in God, but I was a little bit frustrated many years ago with uh, sometimes the things that we would teach or tell people and then 
sometimes the, the other things that we would tell them would contradict what we just told them earlier. Uh, here, here's a, a situation where if Jesus is the pearl of great price, uh, the person who wound up with the pearl, uh, he, he, he bought it. And, and we know we can't buy salvation. Uh, salvation isn't something that, that we purchase. It, it's, it's a free gift from God. I don't think anybody would, would disagree with that, that salvation is a free gift of God. So it doesn't make much sense, really, if Jesus is the pearl of great price and that somehow we pay for that pearl by... Uh, doing all that we can, you know, uh, selling ourselves out for the kingdom of God and and uh, all that sort of thing. It, it just doesn't make sense. So it would make more sense to say that the, the pearl of great price isn't Jesus, it's us. And he's the one who paid the price, of course, the price being the shedding of his blood. And, and he, he bought that. We were the treasure that, that he paid for. Yeah, I mean, how can... Uh, in, a, in, in one given church service, let's just take this for example, we can uh, read the scripture, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, we can read that knowing that it's a free gift. Oh, just believe. And uh, then we read uh, this parable and we say we've got to lay down all that we have so that we can purchase this thing called Jesus Christ. You know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, it says. And, and the Bible says that we have been bought with a price. We have been bought. We're not the ones who did the buying. You know, we're the ones who were bought. Jesus bought us. He purchased us. He redeemed us with his blood. And if, if we can, I mean, just think of the gall that it takes uh, to really fully believe that uh, there's anything that we can do, that we can add anything to that, or that anything that we do comes anywhere close to the price that he paid for us. God so loved the world that he gave his son for us. It's, it's not the other way around. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. So the pearl of great price is you, Jesus paid the, the, the price, the, the price of his blood. Uh, he gave everything for you, the, the precious pearl. Um, so it's a story about his goodness uh, buying us, not our goodness seeking him out. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and you know, there's a few other parables uh, like that. Uh, we got the, okay, so we got the parable of the treasure in a field. I mean, just think about this parable of the treasure in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, Jesus says, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all, all that he has and buys that field. Again, putting us in the proper place here in this, in this parable, is as if we're the people who find this treasure uh, called Jesus, and and that there's any price that we could pay to have him. Uh, it's it's God who found us. We were his treasure. God treasures us. God so loved the world. God so agaped the world, loved it unconditionally, that he's the one who paid the price uh, to have us. Uh, so we really need to, to read a lot of these parables and, and put ourselves in the proper place uh, in, in some of these Bible stories so that we understand that it's not about us, it's all about what God's done for us himself. Yeah, and that's what Jesus is trying to explain when he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. Um, but it's not the kingdom of heaven or Jesus that's the treasure because it doesn't fit, just like the pearl of great price. So you are the treasure, and he bought you. But again, uh, our traditional thinking 
the way we've been taught, often through roots of legalism um, and trying to still carry out the law, old covenant mixed with new, that kind of thinking will cause us to misinterpret these scriptures and, and really miss out on, a, I think, a, a much more joyous relationship with the Lord. Yeah, and, and so uh, you know what we're trying to do here as we look at some of these things, knowing that that just that God treasures us, He loves us, and that you know it was uh, you know through the sin of Adam, you know through the unbelief of of Adam, that death and sin came into the world, um, and there's nothing that man could have ever done to have redeemed himself, to have restored himself back into a relationship with God. It's not about us. It's about what God has done for us. That's that needs to be the foundation, you know, the solid foundation, and it needs to be woven into every single aspect of our lives. As you were saying at the beginning, Cap, that even the works that we do, it's not about us, you know, paying some price to earn something from God. It's something that we've done that we do as a result of the life of Christ in us. Something that we do as a result of God's grace working in and through us. It's never about the price that we've paid or what we. We can do to try to earn it. Time's up for this one, Cap. Uh, we got to uh, move along and talk about some other good things next time. Uh, but uh, we want to remind our listeners that all of our past programs, like I said, we've been doing this thing for four years, and all of our past programs, every single one of them, archived on the Internet. You can uh, go to graceroots.org uh, to find a link for all of that. We do hope that you'll... Uh, check some of those things out, and uh, you'll tell a friend uh, that we're out here and uh, just trying to encourage people in the grace of God. This is Growing in Grace. I'm Joel, along with my good friend Mike Kepler. Uh, see you next time for more talk about Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kepler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.